Hello, this is Father Michael Eads from the Toronto Oratory, and you're listening to Lexio et Oratio, a short spiritual reading podcast followed by a reflection. The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, Book 4, Chapter 7, On Examining Our Conscience and Making a Purpose of Amendment, The Beloved Christ. When a priest of God comes to offer this sacrament, to handle it or receive it, he should do so above all else with deep abasement of heart and lowly reverence, with unshaken faith and with the loving intention of giving honor to God. Carefully examine your conscience and do your best to cleanse and enlighten it by being truly sorry for your sins and humbly confessing them. Thus, you will have no serious sin on your conscience that you know of, nothing to prevent your freely approaching the sacrament. Be sorry for all your sins in general, and be particularly remorseful about the faults you commit every day. If there is time, confess to God in your inmost heart how ill-regulated your passions are. You must be full of grief and regret that you are still so attached to the flesh and the world, your passions so unsubdued, your heart so full of the stirrings of evil desire, so unguarded in your outward senses, so often immersed in foolish fantasies, so keen on what happens outside you, so careless of your inner life, so lightly given to laughter and levity, so hard, when it comes to bewailing your sins, so eager for relaxation and bodily ease, so slothful to do penance and to arouse your zeal for good, so avid for the latest news, for lovely things to look at, so backward in welcoming humiliation and contempt, so anxious to have a lot of possessions, so mean, in giving, and so stubborn in holding on to things. In speech, so heedless. In silence, so unrestrained. In manner, so disorderly. In action, so inconsiderate. So lavish with food, so deaf to the word of God, so swift to take a rest, so slow to be up and doing. So wide awake for gossip, so drowsy for holy vigils, so much in a hurry to be finished, so wandering in attention, so careless in saying your office, so lukewarm in saying mass, so wanting in fervor at communion, so easily distracted, so seldom completely recollected, so easily put out of temper, so ready to take umbrage, so ready to pass judgment, so harsh in rebuke, so cheerful when things go well with you, so despondent when they don't, so often making lots of good resolutions and doing so little to keep them. When you have confessed and grieved for these and all your other failings, sorrowing at heart and deeply deploring your own weakness, Firmly resolve 
that you will ever amend your life and advance to a better state of soul. Then commit yourself entirely to me. And with the whole of your will, offer yourself on the altar of your heart as an unceasing sacrifice to honor my name. This you can do by faithfully entrusting yourself to me, both body and soul. Thus, you will be worthy to approach and offer sacrifice to God and to receive the sacrament of my body to the health of your soul. There is no worthier offering, no greater means of making amends in order to wash away your sins than to offer oneself wholly and purely to God, together with the offering of the body of Christ in the Mass and in communion. If a man does his best and is really sorry for his sins, every time he comes to me for pardon and grace, all his transgressions will be forgotten. They will all receive pardon. What pleasure should I find in the death of a sinner? The Lord God says, when he might have turned back from his evil ways and found life instead. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Angels of God, our guardians, dear, to whom God's love commits us here, ever this day be at our side, to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. Most sacred heart of Jesus, teacher of teachers, have mercy on us. Saint Philip Neri, gentle guide of youth, patron of thy own, vessel of the Holy Ghost, have mercy on us. Pray for us. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So who's this chapter talking to? Well, it's primarily talking to priests. The chapter is addressed to priests. It speaks about when you're going to offer the sacrifice of the Mass. But most people like to read other people's letters. Most of us kind of like it reading other people's mail if we get a chance it happens to be that way or they leave their email open or something we're kind of interested well here we go here's a chapter for priests giving advice to priests talking to priests and so those who are not priests can take a lot of interest in this the kinds of advice he's giving to priests the kind of temptations they have see you can learn a lot about the kind of temptations priests have from reading the second section of this chapter. Are priests unrestrained in their silence at times? Are they disorderly? Are they lavish with food? Are they deaf to the word of God? Are they swift to take a rest, so slow to be up and doing, too eager for gossip, drowsy for vigils, hurry to be finished mass, lukewarm in saying mass, wanting in fervor? Well, yeah, this is a good examination for priests. Because these are the kind of things that fallen human beings have to deal with. And in this chapter, then, we want to remember that priests need prayers. Priests need prayers. And we have to pray for them. And we have to pray for more vocations to the priesthood. The harvest is plentiful, Jesus says, but the laborers are few. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. And notice in this chapter, 
that besides the examination of conscience, which he says the priest should make, and of course, even non-priests. I mean, the chapter is primarily for priests, but everyone can take advantage of this, examine our conscience on these levels. Why? Because it's not only the priest who is offering up the body of Christ in the Mass. Yes, he's the only one who can consecrate. Absolutely. He's the only one by the sacrament of holy orders whose soul has been so configured to Christ the head that he is able, by speaking the words of the Last Supper, to be the instrumental cause of the transformation, the transubstantiation of the bread into the body of Christ and the wine into his blood. Only a validly ordained priest who received it from a successor of the apostles, all the way back to the apostles themselves and from Christ himself. Only such a man can consecrate the bread and the wine. But after the priest consecrates, he lays it on the altar. He elevates the host. And in that moment, all those who are baptized can offer the sacrifice. Truly, this is your sacrifice. Pray, brethren, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. The sacrifice of the Mass, by your baptism, is able to be offered up by you through the hands of the priest, yes, but truly, you can offer it up. And what does the Thomas Akimbus tell the priest in the chapter today? He says, the best thing a priest can do is to commit himself entirely to Jesus and to offer himself on the altar of his heart to the Lord. Why? Because once he offers himself to the Lord, then when he offers up the body and blood of Christ in the Mass, he's offering up himself. And this, he says, is the greatest means of making amends for our sins. So he's given us this long explanation, this long examination, and we feel discouraged. He says, well, what should I do? Go to Mass. I've done a lot of bad things. I've been to confession, but still i got a lot of bad things. Go to Mass. Offer up the body and blood of Christ and offer oneself wholly and purely to God in two ways, together with the offering of the body of Christ in the Mass and in communion. Notice the sacrifice of the Mass, which takes place at the consecration, the double consecration, and then the communion. And so we have to keep both in mind. We first offer sacrifice, and then we receive communion. We go to Mass to worship. We go to Mass to take part in the Son's worship of the Father. We share in his own self-offering. We're drawn into that. And then the Lord comes to strengthen us. He knows how much we need him. He knows how lacking we are. He's listed all these things. This is Christ speaking to us in this chapter. Christ is speaking. He knows all our weaknesses and he comes to us anyways. Why? Because A, he enjoys being with us and B, he's our only hope. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen.